Welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. It's our last broadcast of the season and we have a genuine club legend with us this evening. Coming to you live from a sold-out roundhouse in North London, we are honoured to be joined by a man who has represented our great club with distinction, both as a player and manager. That man is Ian Holloway and this is QPR Podcast Live. Goodness, for another he year. let me down there. <laughs> so for those of just left him on. <laughs> so for those of you who are listening tomorrow, there was I, I I must confess I did ask before the introduction if the the people who were here could could cheer Ian could cheer Ollie at the end of the introduction. He then encouraged everyone not to, but they ignored you. Just to leave you on your own, son. You are officially the worst cheerleader ever. Thank you, Paul. Uh, that voice is Paul Finney. So I'm David Fraser. I'm joined by Paul Finney. Uh, the QPR regulars, Paul Finney, Chris Charles, Hi. Flo Lloyd-Hughes. Hello. Um, and, of course, the guest of honour who we are delighted to have with us, Ian Holloway. Hello. Thank you. Um, so the QPR podcast live uh, is in two parts. The first part is us asking probably inane and banal questions uh, to Ollie, uh, and then the second part is an audience q and I'm sure the second part will be a lot more entertaining, um, but we're going to crack on with the first one. And there's so many things to ask you about tonight. Um, there's good, bad, notorious, and otherwise, but I do want to start with a positive one, which is on the day that we record, which is the 8th of May, it's 15 years today, was that game, that day at Hillsborough, when we got promoted, which is instantly put a smile on your face. Totally. What yeah. are your oh. memories of that day? Well, first off, I remember that my whole family went. Um, and my daughters at that time, with their deafness, um, QPR was their life. They thought it was mine. They thought that I owned it and it was mine. So <laughs> when, I, when I got put on gardening leave a few years later, they couldn't understand it. And it was like, what's happened to QPR? What, what? They didn't understand what it meant. But that day... They played out over the, ant- and the, t- the antenna uh, uh, that it was Bristol City were winning. Can you remember? Yeah. Yeah? yeah, yeah. And um, I thought it was outrageous. Right? And all I remember that before that, I felt one of the speeches I gave in the hotel to my team moved me the most. I took my medal along that I won when I was at Rovers and I... And there was a lot of QPR fans in the hotel. I invited them in. The lads were magnificent, you know. And to hear that going around the ground, because Danny Wilson used to be their manager at, Sh- at Sheffield Wednesday, you know, it's bang out of order, wasn't it? But it didn't phase our boys, did it? You know, and when you know, I'm so proud of every one of them because we went from being a big club and famous to you're not famous anymore. Remember Peter Rowe when we lost four one, and and. Vauxhall Motors, oh dear, I shouldn't mention it, but my <laughs> God. So we've had some ups and downs, but you know, I've got to be honest, that is the best, one of the best ups we could ever have. Sheffield Wednesday away, we won 3-1. We beat Bristol City as well because they were chasing me. They've been a bane of my life most of my life. <laughs> you, you, you refuse to sit in front of a red mic tonight. Yeah, absolutely, I can't change, can I? I can, I can't help it. And I hated our red kit that we used to wear, and it's on, it's on that thing, isn't it? There's a picture of me as a Sabutio man. I was actually a little bit more mobile than that. <laughs> I might not be very good, but I ran around at least. But um, no, it's, it's tremendous. It's still with me every minute because I shall never forget my goalie coach, Tony, right? Tony Roberts. I had to go to the toilet three times in the last 20 minutes of that game. Where when I get nervous, I'm, I, I just got to go. Number one, not the other one, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, Thanks for um, clarifying. Yeah, well, you, I, you don't, I don't want you having the wrong thoughts. But when I came back out, there was 30 seconds left. We were two goals up, and I was still convinced they were going to equal <laughs> yeah. 
and he went, we've done. He started hugging me before. I said, get off, you idiot. I can't see. He went, you don't need to see it now. It's over. Right? And he danced us onto the pitch. Right? And then the whistle went. And for me, I couldn't see a damn thing because he's bigger than me and he's hugging me. And, he, and he, yeah. I've never been hugged like that. <laughs> ever. And I don't want to be hugged like that again because... <laughs> Because it was almost a bit weird. <laughs> but that is my memory of it. And then in the end, all I wanted to do was get to where my family were. It's because that's what it's about, isn't it? And, and this club has always felt like a family to me. Right? And sometimes, in all our lives, you need your family to help you. Sometimes your family, you can have a little bit of a rock with them. But please, just repair it all and make sure that that's the most important thing that you've got and I want to thank all of you for how you accepted me into your family because a lot of you like real good players, flash players we all do, don't we? I love Messi, I love watching him you know, um, but you also need the muck and nettles one every now and again to get around the place and you know you made me so proud by giving Steve Yates the player of the year award one year because that boy was just like a robot you know he used to smash people all he should never have done it but you know and he's from Bristol and his dad knew my dad so it's all a bit weird isn't it you know and there aren't too many who talk like me but you accepted all of us in your midst and and Jerry I felt was very good at judging people's character. He didn't look at where you come from. He, he looked at what you wanted and how much you wanted it and how big a family connection you had. And then he would bring you into his family, which was QPR. And I thank him for that. What, what, what happened by that is, I don't know if you felt the same thing after the, the game at Wolves when you played all the kids because we had no players, we had no money. Administration, it, w- it was like coming out of the darkness, wasn't it? It was like... It was, you could say it was a Phoenix riser from the flames, but it was almost like that for us because we had so much shit. And then we got that, and it was probably one of the best days of our life. So I don't know how it was. When you walked out and saw them fans, what went through your head? I had it bricked it. No, no, it was... Um, you're almost in a bit of a zone because the game is happening and you've got to try and get yourself out of the way of it to get away from the emotion and see what's actually happening in case you can help your team at half-time. Mm. You get two chances at the start of the game, half-time, and then at the end of it, it's all hindsight. That's when all you lot go home, oh, he's bloody rubbish, he didn't know what he was doing here, I would have done that, because you've had the evidence of the game. Mm. So what we've got to try and do is plan how that might go, what might happen, and then get the lads ready to go and do it. You know, And let's be honest, I'm going to bring another club into it, Liverpool, last night. We were at a pub watching that. I was in there with a, a good friend of mine now. I've only met him a few weeks ago. And he's a Liverpool supporter. What a night that was. That's amazing. You know, never say never. And that's what I brought to our club. Yeah, Jerry brought that to me at Bristol. And I needed it at the time. My dad passed away. And Jerry was, he's such a huge family person. It's unreal. He's a wonderful, wonderful man, in my opinion. And a brilliant coach. So I was just fortunate to listened to him at Bristol Rovers and then realised who he played for and, and how he talked about it. And then one day he takes me there, which is, you know, and that was a 10-year relationship over, and I've been manager of it. So it's unbelievable, I, you know. So never say never, that young man there, Billy. Never say never, kid, <laughs> right? I met him earlier on, I remember his name because it's really important when you speak to people, you know. And hopefully, son... You'll do something that'll make your dad proud, like I tried to do for my dad. And unfortunately, he didn't see any of this. He didn't even know I ever went to the Premier League or Division One like it was then. He didn't see any of that. He saw me failing, you know. And that was very, very hard, and it still is hard for me now. Mm. But you lot, whatever I did, wherever, whatever I tried, didn't always work above me. I can't be honest. You know, it didn't always work with me being so outspoken. You know, you shouldn't leave early. You know, <laughs> it didn't don't always leave work. Leave early tonight. Yeah, no, <laughs> it didn't. That don't always work. That didn't do me any favor. I can't change who I am. I am that. 
you know I, I will say what I feel and you either like that or you don't but you know I, I try and carry values that I think belong to Q, QPR it belongs to the family that we are you know the area we are in London you know you, you don't I wouldn't gonna have us go to somewhere else and Wimbledon and all that what are you talking about this is our club I felt I got you lot do you know what I mean and um and I did my best and I never I would never give up so you know hopefully right now you'll have a much better period in the few years to come that I believe you deserve but you've got to be patient and you've got to get some of your own lads in it and it ain't going to be bought for you because that don't work look at Man United absolute absolute since Sir Alec and his values absolute mess yeah and unfortunately we as a club went there spent sixth biggest budget and we got relegated you ain't got to be a genius to work out that's a mess right and that mess I was still trying to sort out last year mop it up really going to mop it up here we go we're going to mop it up if you look how Norwich mopped theirs up unbelievable it still can happen so you still got to believe right because it doesn't matter where the player's from Paul Smith doesn't matter where he's from doesn't matter where he starts where he's going to go you know and, and hopefully we got enough of them young uns. and and Mark first time I'm going to mention it well done good luck to you mate I, you know he's brilliant at, at Brentford don't hold that against him please <laughs> I know what you like about Brentford but you know please don't hold that against him you know, sometimes you have to look over there and you've got to look at what they've got and they've got the ground the size of a biscuit tin. <laughs> They're going to move to a new place, you know, so well done to them from, from where they come from, you know. And, but it's all about us and where we're going. So please just give him time, help him, help his team like you help me. I believe he cares, right? I know a relation of his rights about us and and he's mad on it so you know I think we're in good hands alright so that's what I'm trying to say I didn't like the other bloke at all <laughs> say what you really feel <laughs> never have and I never will <laughs> why? why? because a game years ago I was playing in that meant the world to me against Bristol City he was playing against me. And I got there as quick as I could, a little bit late. <laughs> and I caught him. Didn't mean to, but I was happy I did. <laughs> and he got up and he said, uh, how much are you on? I said, you are. He said, how much are you on? I said, well, what's the score? We were tuning up. <laughs> I've never liked him from that day to this. <laughs> and I'd like to get him here and ask him if that's not true. Yeah? Because so, I'm telling the truth. It, I mean, it does seem like he was, that they had an idea he was going to be the manager before they told you you weren't going to be the manager anymore. Uh, listen, whatever happens, happens, and you don't know it's going to happen. And um, I tried my best, and while I was trying my best, I felt cogs and wheels were turning against me behind the scenes, but I can't prove any of that. It doesn't matter. I did what I could. I did what I needed to do. You trusted me to do it. I had to knock it down a bit. I told the lads, the senior lads who I had, that I'm not going to give them anything because I can't. And every one of them played with their heart full of QPR for me and for my team and for you. Neda Manua, Jamie Mackey, Jack Robinson, who overcome all sorts of things, James Perch, he had the old wild tackle in him, but he was wonderful. You know, and you can't do anything with too many young uns because they'll, if it goes wrong, they'll lose belief. You need the odd senior one, you know, and it wasn't until this season that we added a couple of quality players but to, to help them. But, you know, it's all about what this place is about. And, and, and I believe deep down there's a fantastic core that will come through but you can't make the mistakes that we've made 
over the last however many years and mop it up quickly. It won't work. They need you to be right behind them like you always have been. And the future of our club is how many of you there are, right? Bums on seats. And if we can generate a stable base, bring the young kids through, show them they're going to get in the team and maybe borrow one or two, right? With the scouting network that we have, set up and it's still going, right? Without any interference from knee-jerky people, then give it a chance to work. Get behind Les, get behind Chris Rams. He's done a brilliant job behind the scenes, Chris, with the young ones. So get behind it and trust. And if you lot trust what they're doing, we will get better. You've had some great quotes um, during your time at QPR, and you've obviously brought some out tonight as well. Is there anything you regret saying, whether it's to the fans or the press or even in the change room where you thought, actually, maybe I shouldn't have, maybe I shouldn't have said that? <laughs> I liked you at first. <laughs> Gone right off her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because... I think sometimes your, your greatest strength can also be your greatest weakness. And I'm a very emotional person. Always have been, always will be. Uh, I get that from my mum. My dad never showed it. He used to try and slap it out of me. Boys don't cry in our house, wallop, have that. And if I cried, it would be another one. Whereas my, my sister would just like... <laughs> and he'd let her off. That ain't fair, is it? But there you go. <laughs> eh? damn something on my anatomy I felt it one time because dad stop it at me you know but boys that'll be tough so yeah you do but I try and now think a lot because I'm older I, I try and think a, a lot more before I actually say something but you know don't go is a bit silly isn't it because people might have to go and might have to get home I felt they went and this is the real me. I thought they went because they couldn't stand us losing to Brentford. Right? Now, if you can't stand us losing to Brentford, don't come in the ground in the first place. Right? Because you've got to be able to take defeat and victory in the same breath. You've got it. Right? Because we need you when it ain't going well. Right? And what I felt you lot did for me was you believed in me enough that you gave my team that bit longer. Do you see what I mean? You remembered how I played, which wasn't the best, but I never stopped trying, and I run around, and I passed it quickly to Ray, and Ray would ping it everywhere. So I knew my strength, you know? But I have said some terrible things, and I think that's gone against me at times because of my accent. I think one of the worst I've said, which is probably one of the most popular things, is the coffee. In a taxi, and a young lady in a taxi. I have never lived that down with my beautiful wife, Kim. How she's still with me, I do not know. I have never played that game about let's have a coffee and all of that. And uh, I've already ever been in a blooming taxi. But that, that day, that was to try and protect one of my own. Clark Carlyle went missing on the Friday. And I didn't know why. And every question I had, we, we, we won 3-0. And we were blooming awful in the second half. And I, was try- they, they, I got grilled by almost as many people as this about where's Clark Carlisle, what's he, what's he doing? What's, blah, blah, blah. And I, tr- I couldn't say anything because I didn't really know, but I, I would be betraying him if I did. So that's why that stupid comment came <laughs> out. And if I could change it, I would, but what there you Uber? go. Sorry? She did the Uber. No, it's, no, no, the Ubers are very good, aren't they, these days? <laughs> apparently well, apparently you are very, very safe in an Uber. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, you're getting one later, so that's how Am I? <laughs> oh, dear. But then sometimes in life, we, we can't help being ourselves, and I guess the thing about being a manager is that you've just come out of a game, like Brentford or whatever, your emotions running high, and someone shoves a microphone in your face, and you haven't got time to reflect or think. I don't need to answer that. You've just stated every single thing you have. And, and 
sometimes you can't help how you feel and you, you, you don't you shouldn't have to do that and some managers duck out the way of it but you shouldn't do that either. You should take responsibility. But to be honest, you know? I mean I think everybody loves your quotes as far as I know. I think Especially about Chelsea. Yeah. Apart from Mrs. Holloway. Don't talk to like me about that lot over there. <laughs> Honestly. What rose this then, mate? C. Well, what where's D? <laughs> it's right behind me, mate. <laughs> Chelsea! <laughs> I was injured in a QPR game, and we were playing Chelsea, and some nugget in one of their shirts said that to me. What rose this, mate? I said, uh, C. He went, well, where the f- it's D then? Right behind you. <laughs> now I'm from Bristol mate and I knew that right? <laughs> and he's from London and he'd have a clue so don't talk to me about my part of the world being not the brightest uh, c- you mentioned your accent before yeah. and I'm, I'm wondering if you feel that you've always been stereotyped or put in a certain box by certain people and certain jobs and Certainly your two managerial jobs at QPR, you were brought in to do a, a rescue job or a certain job. It's not like you were brought in... You were brought in in a very certain, similar set of circumstances. Do you feel you've been stereotyped throughout your playing career and your managerial career? I feel I've been very fortunate. How could I be the player I was and be manager twice? when some of the brilliant players that I played with and alongside haven't been manager once. So I feel totally privileged. Do I feel that if I had a Scots accent, maybe? Belfast? Maybe a Belfast accent, yeah. (laughs) Any other accent than the one I've got wouldn't make me who I am. But does it help me? Not really. I don't think it helps. I think people can form their own opinion because how I behave sometimes I like to laugh I think it's a huge part of my life to enjoy what I'm trying to do even if it goes wrong and I try and bring that over to my team because I haven't met a player who's ever played for us who's actually tried to get it wrong you know they've all tried to play well and if they weren't trying hard enough I would have always tried to pull them up ask Roy Wegerly you all love Roy Wegerly. I thought he was an absolute lazy pig, and I used to tell him. <laughs> in a nice way, Roy, Roy, you can run like the wind. Because when we did these horrible runs that Jerry wanted us oh. to do, halfway line and eight, 18 yard box to the halfway line and back, then up to the other 18 yard box and back, and then to the halfway line and back, and then do it again. And, and then Roy could be right next to me doing that. Right? But when he gave the ball away on a Saturday, He'd let his bloke run down the other end and he'd be going like that and do it. Whoa, 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 and I'm chasing. Why aren't you, Roy? Because you can run like me. So I had this conversation. Because if we don't get on the same page, we ain't going to win nothing. I want to win. Jerry made me try and believe I could be a winner at Bristol Rovers. When I came to QPR, we weren't winners. We were good players who strolled around in lovely gear. You know? And we turn our coats inside out with the name of the, you know, oh, what, is this a London thing or what? What's all that about? Right? Honestly, ask Clive Wilson. Argument, I didn't have arguments with Clive, I love Clive, but the, the fact is I got my clothes from Asda. <laughs> I had a suit and we forgot it, I forgot my suit, so I bought a suit in Asda. Luckily at the time I had four young kids, three of them were deaf, so I, you know, I was going through the hoop really and and Clive went, oh, what a lovely suit. I went, oh, thanks. And he, and he turned the label back. It was George's, right? Mm-hmm. He said, where'd you get out? I said, that's the... Oh, yeah, all right. Anyway, about three months later, he comes, you did. <laughs> I went, what do you mean? He went, you got out in Asda. I said, I know I did. I told you. <laughs> and now I get me stuff from second-hand shops because it is value. Seriously. How many second-hand shops are down the high streets these days? Go in them. Have a look. Seriously. It's ridiculous. Honestly. I've got millions of ginger jars. I don't know why, but my wife likes them. Excuse- and they've all cost me about £1.50. Explain that to me, because a lot of people won't know. You what? got into Paddington today, and you insisted on getting the tube. Yeah. We offered you a taxi. We said, we'll pick you up in a taxi. We'll bring you here. He said, no, I'll take the tube. Thank me. Uh, it's only because uh, Finney was driving. What, what is it that... that 
that you, you've clearly done well. You've done well for yourself. You probably don't need to go in second-hand shops or take the tube. But but what is it, I guess, that 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 means that you want to... What's my question? You know what I'm asking. Where are you going? You know what I'm asking. He's waffling. He is a bit. <laughs> That's true. We put up with this every week. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you stop and say, excuse me, can you clarify that? You're, Dave, you, Dave you, can you clarify that? You're very grounded. See, uh, that works. Yeah, that worked. Yeah, that was clear, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. He took about a second to say that when he waffled for ages. That's what... Well, he's in PR, so... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To be expected. Um... I think it's, it's one word, I can answer it with one word, people, right? I'm a people person, always have been, always will be, right? And that's through my family, the house I lived in, there's a council house, right? We're only just selling it because mum's passed away, but the day dad died, he had uh, he was brought back three times, boom, and they brought him back and we were all called in, it was horrendous, I, could, I couldn't stay and see his last breath. So I went, I had a game that day. But all he worried about was whether his family was provided for. And he was worried when he, they brought him back about the insurance and the house and, and all of that, right? And But mum, mum was only 54 when she lost him. So she had 32 years without him. I've had longer on this planet without him than I had with him. I was 25 when he died. The bloke was sensational, in my opinion. Because every day he came in, it was about people. And he loved football, and he told me that, I hope you like football, son. And I was probably about four. And he sat me down, and he looked at me in my eyes. He got down to my level, and he said, I hope you like football. I've seen you kicking the ball about. He said, but I love football, but I don't want you to have to love it. I want you to love football because through it you'll meet some wonderful people and life's about people right later in the day my mum said always look for the good in people right and that's what I've been brought up to do so for me that's a pleasure right to get in a taxi and be sat still on these roads out here would drive me insane. <laughs> I'd be start asking questions. What's going on in front of that? I can't. What's happening here? What's going on? And I hate it. On those tubes, yeah, you might be crammed in like a sardine, but you see life, you see people, you, you look at people's faces because no one talks, which is weird, but no one talks. <laughs> and there's one every other minute. It's just unreal. And it's all underneath us. It's like amazing. And I, I've been coming up here for talk sport and I love that because no one tells me what to do no one no one even quit they just wait for my reaction which is me and I love it but you see life etched on people's faces so when you said can we do that I was just a bit worried about the journey back so I got you to get me a car right and some people are fine with that. I would rather be around people. And whether you've got to speak to them or not, it doesn't matter. I just get a feel of, of a room and, and I might meet someone I like and someone I don't and, and I might be... But I will always be courteous because it's important that you, you expand because we all need someone else in our life. You're no good on your own, in my opinion. We all need other people, Right? And I'm lucky I got all you QPR law. Some of you never really liked me, and I don't care. <laughs> Some of you would have moaned when I got a job again. Some of you would have moaned because I wouldn't have been good enough for you. But I think part of me has won you over because you know I care. And that's better than having some flash dude who don't. So, so like Steve McLaren, you mean? No. <laughs> No. So what I was going to say was, so Steve McLaren's going for a cab, and you're going for a cab. Who wins? It's bound to be me because he'd be dead. <laughs> 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 um, no, seriously, to, seriously. I, I listen. I don't mean it like that. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't mean it like that. I don't want to sound 
bitter and twisted. <laughs> but when you're doing a job and then someone else gets it, I don't know about you, I don't know if you've ever had it, but you're not going to like that person, are you, really? Not really. You know? You're not really going to like that person, are you? Whereas this has been removed now. Mark Warburton, I can see that, I can sense that. It's fine. He's old. Everything he's ever done, I've quite liked. Whereas the other fellow you've just mentioned, everything he's ever done, I've never really liked. And I'm not the only one. This summer, there's probably going to be an exodus of a few players to free up some a bit of money. Um, where do you see the future for some of QPR's better players like Luke Freeman, Luongo? How far do you think they can go and where do you think they'll end up? I, I think there's no limit for those two that you've just mentioned. I think I haven't seen them on a day-to-day -day basis, see how they conduct themselves. In the right environment, with the right club, they could play at the very, very top, I believe. Um, I've been fortunate to have some wonderful, wonderful players. Someone asked me about Wilfred Zaha the other day, and uh, there's no limit to that boy, you know? Some of the things that Luke Freeman has done since he's been with us, and I have to say it was Gary Penrose who said, this boy is somewhere else, and we should buy him now. Don't wait for him to run out of contract. 500 grand cost us, and we didn't have anything. So it was a risk, but we wouldn't have stayed up without him. The kid's sensational. He's a wonderful boy. He chose to leave Arsenal and go around to try and get himself. So he's, he does the right thing. Massimo, when I first went there, he had a connection with Les, and, and that was difficult because Les brought him. And, but we talked through that, and I tried to find the best place for him because he's got so many different skills. Um, and... The midfield we created around them, that three at that time, I thought was excellent with Scoan as well. You know, they, they got around the place, we pressed, we closed, they, and we had some skill. You know, it, it was, we needed someone who could link things up front. We needed a brain who could link things a bit like, I won't mention names, but anyway, it, that was the tough area of the pitch for me. So, but th there's no limit to them. What the limit will be is what Mark will be allowed to do financially. And if we need to re recoup some cash to prove to the people that they think we've cheated, it's a shame we can't sell our ground to ourselves. <laughs> you know, but I don't want to go into that. Yeah. You know, but um, there are other ways around these things. But, you know, unfortunately, we've made so many mistakes that some of these lads... and. We might have to look at ourselves as a as a selling club to get there eventually, right? And and that's not always a bad thing, you know. And I I got a lot of lads at Blackpool saying, look, we're going to play this way, and if I can't get there with you playing this way, someone else will see you play like that and they'll buy you. And then the chairman ruined it because he wouldn't sell Charlie Adam to Liverpool. So I lost everybody's trust because I wasn't a man of my word then. For me, I would have, I would have, we had interest in, in Luke Freeman last summer. And I would have told him who it was and I would have spoke to him about it and I would, might have had a ten times my money. You know, if it was five million, we only pay five hundred grand, that's good business. We move it on and I would have explained to you, I'm ever so sorry, the boy deserves a chance and I'm going to play this fella. Because that might open up uh, Ilya's chair or a, or a, uh, is he a beer a or you know I wasn't worried about that so I'm not worried about them boys now you know what we've got to try and do is get hold of the 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 pay structure which Lee Hoos is dominating all the time which is right that's what we've got to do we've got to get back to a sustainable future for all of you we have to get a sustainable future for all of you. That's what we need to do, but we need to do it in a style. We need to do it in a way that you all want to keep paying and come in and watch us. You might have to accept that Izzy Abiri might be sold or Freeman might be sold, but we've got another one coming. We've got a production line, you know? And that's what I tried to say to you before when I got the job. It's all about scouting. You look at Liverpool right now, right? One Oldham scored two last night. Where did they get him from? Did they buy him from PSG? Did they get him from Real Madrid? No, they didn't. They got him from Newcastle. Mm. And how much did they pay for him? It's a pittance. 
But look how he's playing for them. This is the skill of it. But you need stability. And I'm saying, stability is the most important thing in football. Right? And I trust you lot because you make us stable. Some of you, in the past, have wanted it to catch up with Chelsea and given it all of that. But Chelsea are off the planet. For me, they've cheated. Right? For me, they've cheated with all the money and all of that. That'll crash and burn one day. And at the minute, they don't know what to do. They've had a half-decent season, but they think Sarri's rubbish. And it's all mad, isn't it? So let's not get on about them, because they make me angry. Because <laughs> <laughs> if we had some of our young players, we'd be playing them. Yeah. You know, and you've got to be brave. And for a manager to be brave enough to play the young lads that we've got to play to make them worth some more money, to make us move forward, because to, to be sustainable ourselves, right? If we're an allotment, we've got to grow our own end off, right? We didn't mind not even go. Maybe we not, can't even go to Lidl's, right? And if you do, it makes a lot of sense these days. <laughs> but don't go in that middle aisle because they've got some amazing bloody tools and all that. It just drives me crazy. <laughs> no, they have, haven't they? They've got garden stuff and oh, additional purchases they get you to do. Clothes and this slippers. This podcast isn't sponsored by Lidl, so don't No, worry. No, but it's amazing, isn't it? But what you've got to do is be frugal. So going back to your question... You might have to sell some of them because they might not want to be here and you are no good with anyone who don't want to be with you. Right? Let them go. Get rid of them. Bad smell in the place if that's how it is. That's my experience of it. First half of the season at Blackpool, 28 points. Second half of the season, 11. Because we didn't do what my chairman didn't let me do which was treat the boy with respect and let him go to Liverpool. He was promised he would go to a top six club. My chairman said, they're actually not a top six club. Wow. And at the time, he was right. They were sixth. Right? So it just goes to show, be careful who your owners are. <laughs> Ollie, um, you're, you're really... <laughs> that got you, didn't it, with a red mic? Look at you. I feel sorry for him with a red mic. <laughs> your, your, Don't. As far as I understand it, your remit was to keep us up and play the kids, which essentially uh, ticks on both counts. So why did you get sacked and did you see it coming? Subtle, Chris, subtle. Oh, subtle as an air raid. Jesus. Whilst you're thinking, can I add one onto that, which is what is your relationship with Tony Fernandez now? Wow. Right. And the whole room breathes. Your question. If I knew I was going to get those two questions, I wouldn't have come. <laughs> you don't, you don't you. have to answer them, mate. We can go back to I, I will. I've always answered questions when they've put my way. I, I wish everybody at the football club the success I wanted to bring you. And that's the truth. Everybody now at the football club, the success I want to bring you. <laughs> right, because sometimes in life you're not given a fair hand and I think we all deserve a fair hand you pay your money every week I came in I wasn't the most expensive manager you ever had but I tried to give you value for money and I spoke about my players and I tried to give a give the young ones a chance. I'm delighted with some of the debuts that I saw myself, i.e. Smith, against Cardiff. That was a huge decision, and the boy didn't let us down. And in fact, his flick-flack was probably the best bit of acrobatics I've seen in a long time. And was I shocked when he went out on loan to Accrington? Yes, I was. Would I have done that? Probably not. Mm. But all I'm saying... You have to trust the choices that are going to be made. And have we got too many spoons in the soup? Possibly. But I want you to trust them. And I believe they'll get it right eventually because I think their heart's in the right place. And 
dealing with managing above from manager upwards at this football club is not easy. Okay? Um, and it's not easy in lots of clubs, but for our club it's not easy because they are so enthusiastic and they're so hands-on that it's very, very difficult sometimes when it's not going well to control that. They're not as calm as I would be. Right? They, they want it so badly. They want success so badly. They're used to getting success in the other things they do. They can't understand. They've tried to buy it and buy it and buy it. And, and they've tried to buy it for you. And the minute you turn on them, we are all in trouble. That's the truth. Because QPR will be threatened then. Okay, do you understand what I'm trying to say? So, life is about dignity, and they treated me with respect, I believe, because they gave me an opportunity to help them. Was I happy with not being given this next year? No, I wasn't. It did hurt me, but I just lost my mum, and that wasn't good, so my ego was crushed. But I believe we're in great hands. I really do. I think people care about young players. I think they want to improve young players. I'm delighted with today's appointment. I really am. I hope you don't hold any other previous jobs against him because that would be unfair. I think, I think we'll play a very good style of football and I think you need to be patient and some of them young lads will be fantastic QPR legends in my opinion. And that's what I believe is happening behind the scenes. I think Les wants that. I think Chris Ramsey wants that. I think Paul Hall wants that. They, they work at getting those young lads. So we need to make sure that the under-23s is linked to the first team, not a separate unit. And you lot need to be patient and help them do that. Is that fair enough? So all the questions you ask me, I'm not going to answer because that's private, mm. right? I will have private feelings that I might, and that's down to me to deal with. I was honoured that I got the job in the first place, and I've been honoured to have been accepted by you lot, and I'm now telling you what you should do. And that might be a bit arrogant, but I want you to make us a success. I don't want your worries. You don't need them if they stick to the core plan we had when I was there. You need to trust and trust. And I can understand why you might not. But we might not get promoted yet. We might not be up that air. But we will get there one day. And we'll get there in a good position where we're a good model of what you need to be to succeed. Do you want a Huddersfield that's gone up there and by one man I felt that was... Warner. I didn't. I couldn't believe he did it, but there you go. It was all built on, you know, the old uh, cheerleader style that they, they they call they call Klopp a cheerleader. It's ridiculous, but the bloke's a genius. He also knows how to press and how to close in the modern way. You can't sit back. We sat back too many times last year. I thought it was rubbish, in my opinion. Rubbish. You can't do that. You got to press high up like the modern ones do. I think Warburton would do that. So, you know, it's just. Please stick with it, because it's worth fighting for, if that makes sense. And I don't want to cause any ructions in the waves, because I've had my time, and I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. Would I do it again? No. Because they got rid of me, and I would go against what my rules of my family are. You know, I'd have no dignity left then, would I? So I can't do that. Sorry. Get out. But... Do I still want us to win? Of course I do. And I really do. So thank you for what you've done for me. I'm sorry you asked me those questions because I will never talk bad about anybody. I look and I've been trained to look for the good in people. And I know deep down our owners want what you want. They really, really do. And I know they're frustrated to hell. And it, they got to learn. And it's very difficult calming them down and making sure they stay on track, particularly when it ain't going well, particularly if one or two of you start having a go. Because they can't deal with it like I could. Whoops. 
No, I'm serious. They can't deal with it like I can, so they then become what? What do you make them? That ain't good, is it? Get the lid on it. Calm down. Here we go. And then Izzy, what's Izzy going to need? He's going to need people who love him, and he's going to need to be patient. He's going to need to learn without the ball. With the ball, you can't coach him. You shouldn't coach him. You should just let him do it because the bloke's a genius. But with it, that's fine. Without it, you've got to learn how to do and make sure the team wins. So they're under pressure. Guarantee when it started going wrong, he won't play him, was he? Because the manager's under pressure. How does the manager get under pressure? Because the crowd ain't happy. The crowd ain't happy. Who did he moan at? Normally, it's the owners. So the owners ain't happy. And what happens then? Bang! Off it goes. Whoa! So you have control of this. Yeah, you moan about this. You moan about that. I've read it all before I come. You moan about this. You moan about that. Well, yeah, I understand. But don't be part of the problem. I trust you with the hoops. Please be a mad crazy hoop supporter and don't be like modern you get sacked in the morning sacked in the morning oh I feel good about singing that (laughs) what a load of rubbish how disrespectful is that and who's it happened to Mourinho how can that happen to him he said finishing second at Man United was his greatest I can understand that because that dressing room was poison who's that you are fine, young man. Oh, he's big. He can do what he likes. All right, son. That's man management for you. Look at that. Yeah, go, go, go outside next time because you're ruining the evening. Do you think... I mean, you're talking about patience. Do you think... Uh, obviously, we, you, we've heard how you feel about Steve, but do you think Steve should be given more time? Yeah. Really? Ten, ten or 15 years in an institution. <laughs> Behind bars. <laughs> you asked for that. Right, talking to Steve McLaren. One, one, one. I won't name. It's a fantastic car. Yeah. <laughs> I when I think of McLaren, I think of a car. Yeah. Just a car. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Can you understand that? Yep, I get it. I spoke to Nigel Clough the other week, and and he was at Derby, and some am to him. So don't talk to me about Steve McLaren. Right, but right? one last thing about him. I spoke to... I spoke <laughs> <laughs> Just I, one I more. I can remember arguing with him years and years ago, and it's all going to happen again. It's all going to end. We'd never argued in. You just didn't believe me. Um, what, what, what was Steve... No, I, I listened to what you said, but I didn't want to be wrong as well. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, I spoke to a relative of a player last year. You like this, by the way. And it was on Twitter. My mum wasn't well, so... They, 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 they text me and said, can your mum please get better soon so she can help me batter Steve McLaren? <laughs> oh. so, I love your mum <laughs> um, I, I wanted to just a, a different uh, just take you back a little bit um, got the red mic uh, so Man, Man United 1992 New Year's Day um, mm. talk me through that and, and, and I know on that day you had a little bit of toilet trouble as well didn't you yeah um, it's a big moment you know I was 29 years old and I watched Match of the Day and I just rock. <laughs> I can do that. 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 And it's weird, but I believed I could do that. And then all of a sudden, I'm 29, I get an opportunity to play away at Old Trafford. So um, I told you about my stomach, you know. I get a little bit of... Um, when I'm nervous, you know, the old acid kicks in and, and I'm off and running. And, and uh, so Jerry's waiting to do the team talk and I'm in the toilet. And I... Believe me, um, I couldn't come out then. <laughs> and then I thought, please. And he went, where's Ollie? And, and everybody, where's Ollie? I went, I'm in the toilet, but I can hear you. So anyway, he's gone on with a team talk, and, and I'm still fit. Man, you know, you've got, oh my God. I hope I, don't, I hope I don't let the team down. I hope I'll be all right. Oh, my God. You know some of them doubts that we all have, because we're human, unless you're Ibrahimovic, because he don't have a doubt ever, does he? <laughs> he thinks he's the business. Anyway. <laughs> I wish I was like that, but I wasn't. So I thought, oh my God, here we are, Man United. Here we go. Don't, don't, don't thing whatever you do. So anyway, <laughs> out we go. We're 2-0 up. I haven't even kicked the ball. <laughs> We're 2-0 up. And I'm running around. You know, yeah! And I haven't even touched it yet. I said, lads, in the, in the second goal, I said, lads, keep it away from me. We won't win this. <laughs> anyway, I saw Dennis Bailey play the best 
game of his life. And we smashed him out of sight. So at the end of the game, I can't describe how I felt, apart from 15 pints of cider. Imagine that, right? The cloudy stuff, you know? You're sat in a field in, in Glastonbury and you're all, whoa! It's like that. I was away and Jerry went, I'm so proud of you. And all I ever tried to do was please him because I looked at him like he was my old man. And I didn't think I was ever going to please him until that moment when he went, I'm so proud of you lot. And I thought, is this as good as it ever gets? You know? And then we go in the players' bar, and they all started moaning. The Man United lot were there. They were all moaning. And Neil Webb said to me, oh, yeah, well, he left out the wingers. Like, we don't understand why he left out the wingers. And, oh, we were shocked. And I went, what, so you didn't try your best then? And he went, no, we were, we were all shocked. Oh. So anyway, put a right downer on it. And I'm driving home on the coach and I'm, and I'm thinking, why did I hear him say that? Mm. I wanted them to play the best they ever could and we beat them anyway. But they were shocked that he left out gigs and he left out, do you know what I mean? And I thought, oh, it absolutely burst me balloon until I woke up the following morning. <laughs> <laughs> Get in! in First the... game at Old Trafford, can we play you every week? And <laughs> <laughs> there's one game I'd like to talk to you about. Stoke away. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, what, the mass brawl and the fight yeah, and, yeah. and Bertram. But Bertram oh, tells us a great story about how he scored the life for the Jerry Taggart. Is, did you say it like that? No. <laughs> so uh, I, Listen, I love Birch, but he should write books for children. <laughs> yeah. So what actually happened? Harry then? Potter. He could write a better story than <laughs> Harry Potter, that boy. And it'll all be about QPR. How they never turned on him at Millwall like he turned on me, I do not know. I think he threw me under the bus, but no, he's a wonderful kid. Um, beautiful person inside because he loves the R's more than all of you put together, and, and, and that's not joking. But sometimes I'm that straight in what I do. I can't see that he could be a little bit different, you know? So, nutcrackers need to be bent a little bit so they cross the nut, whereas I'm just straight and sometimes I couldn't see what he was like. He would dive and he would trip and he would... he got little ways about him. So, me and Pugh go back a long, long way. Tony Pulis, I brought up at Bristol Rovers. He was older than me. He used to protect me because he was a nasty midfield tackler and I ended up on the wing because I couldn't get in the team and they thought I was quick and I could run and I could cross it. And anyway... Cut long story. He used to protect me. First game I played, pushed it round someone, got the other, crossed it. The bloke punched me in the guts. He punched me so hard under there. He lifted me off my feet. Pew came over. Next time that bloke got it, he cut him in half with a tackle because there weren't free kicks given then. <laughs> and he said to the bloke on the floor, "You touch my little mate again, I will not only you'll be in hospital, mate." Right. Phil Bater, who was either right back or left back, was my mate. And if I didn't, if I didn't go back and help him, oh my God, the whole team would go on at me. I got to go to a funeral tomorrow. Lindsay Parsons was a left back for Bristol Rovers. Right, the bloke scared me to death. He looked at me the first thing. Oh no, I'm sure about you, son. Are you a fancy Dan or are you a fly boy? And I went, <laughs> I don't want to be any of them. <laughs> He said, just get back and help your fullback out otherwise. And that long hair you got, cut it. All right, Linz. But that's how it was, you know. So Birch, Birch bucked the trend for me because he knew how to do things. He could fall over. And I think it's Stoke, he fell over. And he got someone sent off. I think he did it. He denies it to this day, right? And then he brags about the fight that happened after. And he says that he did lots of other things. And I'm not sure whether he's telling the absolute truth or he's telling porky pies. But Tony Pulis and I fell out for about two years because of Mark Bertram. And all Tony kept saying to me is he is so trustworthy, Jerry Tagger, that your boy is dodgy. Have a word with him. So I have asked him up until this day, and has he ever told me the truth about that crazy moment 
where apparently Jerry Tagger elbowed him or punched him in the middle of the game, or did he just fall over like a breath of wind? If you ask him now if he was here, I think he fell over like a breath of wind, and I stood up for him for years. And at that precise moment, I think he made me lose a very good friend of mine. (laughs) The absolute little dodgy geezer he is. But would I change him? Would I swap him for anything else or anybody else? No, I wouldn't. But would I believe everything he said? Absolutely not. <laughs> so no. basically, because we also heard that Matthew Rose was dragged into their change. Yeah, he was, yeah. So you had Matthew Rose being dragged into the change. Oh, it was all off. Jerry yeah. Taggart was walking around bollock naked, threatening everyone that moved. Oh, Jerry Taggart was so angry because Burt's duped him, I think. Yeah. And he was so angry with me. And I was just so flary at the time, having this like huge ego, thinking that I'm a Rottweiler, but I'm really a, a Jack Russell. And uh, I was snapping and biting, and, and Pew would have just snapped me in half anyway. So it was all crazy. But the last person in the world who deserved to be dragged into someone else's dressing room and half beat up <laughs> is Matthew Rose. Because he was like a little Rose anyway, wasn't he? What a wonderful footballer. He, what he really was, he could play anywhere. And I. The problem for him, we didn't know where to play him. Could he play right back, centre back, or he was in between all? But what a wonderful kid, absolutely wonderful boy. And I had a go, a massive go at Birch at the end because I wasn't sure. I said, You almost got him killed. What are you doing? And blah, blah, blah. He, I got him sent off, Gary. I said, You don't get people sent off, son. We want to win proper. You know? Because. Who was in? Was the goalie attacked, or was that another time? That was another time. That was another time. We've had some crazy times at Stoke, <laughs> wasn't it? Me blonde goalie, brilliant, wasn't he? Simon Roy. Simon Roy. Well, I tell you what, he was smashing around like a fish in a net, wasn't he? They were beating the crap out of him, and it was all because of Birch a few years before. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, but there was another instant where where someone got sent off for swearing, and no one knew. So they all blamed us, but. The centre-half swore. I asked the referee, why didn't you... He should have announced it, because it did. they give a dodgy decision. He swore at the ref. He sent him off for that challenge, and it looked terrible. So we had a right run-in with Stoke, you know? And I still don't like pottery to this day. My wife keeps buying these ginger <laughs> jars, but I'm, I, that's probably why it is. <laughs> um, we, we've been going an hour already, nearly, believe it or not. I want to ask you a question to bring to an end part one, which is, you've said throughout the last hour, we, you've referred to QPR as we all the way through. You're yes. a very experienced football guy. Um, you're a Bristol Rovers fan, I think. You've managed lots of clubs. You've been promoted to the Premier League with different teams a couple of times. Why do you refer to QPR out of all of them as we? Um... Out of respect for all of you, how you've taken to me. When you're, when you're a player, you want to be liked, and, you know, and, and, and when you're a human being, most of us do what we're half decent at. We turn away from what we're not good at, and we do what we're at because we want to be liked. We want to try and find success. So, really, you have helped me feel a success. Whether I am or not, who knows? But you have made me feel accepted and wanted and that's huge for a human being right but I looked at Jerry Francis and I can't tell you how I looked at him because I had 16 managers before him and every one of them would talk about the team and this and that but Jerry just stripped it down and talked about my shoulders and how they were wrong and I went what? Yeah, but if you twist like that, Ollie, you can see him over there. You know, you got to... And the bloke was unreal. I wish I miss it, met him, like, 20 years earlier, you know, because I would have died to do what he was telling me. He's a teacher. So how he spoke about Queen's Park Rangers had a huge affinity with me, how I was brought up, what your life should feel like. And Jerry, when you meet his mum and dad, they had it all through him. Martin, his brother, had it all through him, his sisters. Unbelievable, right? So really, I have adopted what Jerry Francis thought about this 
football club because his mum and dad lived up the road. It was their club. He played for them. They almost won the title, lost on Goldie, and he never, ever, ever forgot it. But the way he spoke about you lot is unbelievable. The way he talked about some of his fellow players and how good they were and what he wanted them to do and stamp bowls and... Um, Oh, it, it, I, I can't. I'm getting goosebumps now because, and I used to just literally think, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to, and he brought me here. And all I tried, he, and he looked in that beautiful manager's office in the corner of the ground when they used to have it. And he took me in there and he showed us all around, my wife and I, and he knew, he knew we were struggling a little bit, wages wise. Um, and he knew he left me at Rovers. And he said to me, he said, can you imagine that out there? Can you imagine playing out there? I went, not really. It's beautiful. It's exactly what you said it was, you know? And he went, well, I'm going to sign you. And I went, what? He went, I'm going to sign you. 230 grand to me, that was like, what? And I laughed. And he went, no, I'm going to do it. And he said, you might not get in the team. He went, but I want you to rub off on the rest of them. I said, what do you mean? He went, I want you to train like you train. I want you to tell them what you tell your other players. I want you to care like you care. And you'll be worthy of being here, whether you play or not. He said, because the chairman don't want to sign you. And he's only going to offer you this. And it's exactly what Bristol Rovers were paying me. And he went, he's only going to offer you that, and I can't get you anymore, so take it or leave it. He said, but you could play out there and you could feel this club will suit you because the fans are like you. Mm. And, and I went, where do I sign? Right, where do I sign? Because it also meant that St Albans, where my deaf daughters needed to go, I could go. You know, so I've... But Jerry, for me, and for you lot, right, he is beyond, beyond the hero. Do you know what I mean? He's beyond that because he cared and he shared and he nurtured and he grew people. Devon White, whatever you say, whatever you, whatever you liked him or not, he improved so much when he came to QPR. It was unreal, you know? Steve Yates, I've spoke about him, Gary Pemrose. You know, we shouldn't really been, but Jerry did it for us. Do you know what I'm saying? And then when you look at Fifth, we finished. Mm. Lost to Swindon twice. To two because we were complacent. We were complacent. I had massive arguments after those games. Because we thought we could turn up and win. We thought it was about the labels on our jackets. It wasn't. It's about you lot. It's about you lot. And it was about what it meant. Do you know what I mean? And all I've said, I don't want to be a miniature Tottenham. QPR's better than Tottenham in my opinion right and I'm saying that and I mean it right I think they got a wonderful manager what they did they're supposed to be the role models and all that but they think they're somebody don't they if they were a chocolate bar they'd be licking themselves <laughs> where we we are real people right we are real people doing real jobs coming to see our team that we really care about do you know what I'm saying? And, and I think that is something to be very, very, very proud of. And I want you to feel proud of yourself. I want you to feel proud of what the chairman, the owners, the director of football, the CEO is trying to do for you and with you. Right? This time last year, I didn't feel that way. But this time, I do. Right? I think they've made a very good choice. And I think you need to get behind him. And I think we could all be very, very successful, but in a different way than we have done before because we've ended up ruining it by throwing money at something that that ain't life. You get bad people for the wrong reasons when you overpay. Mm. Right? It's the first time 
Manchester United have ever been like this because the man who made them what they are and the man who made them what they were at first, Sir Matt Busby, lost his team and he rebuilt it. And Sir Alec Ferguson was driven to do that again. And what a, what a man. But everything he stood for, Man United aren't at the minute. Everything QPR stands for, you are at the minute. And I need you to help those wonderful kids coming through. And I need you to understand that behind the scenes, everybody wants to please you. Right? And if you get unsettled and angry, and, and, and maybe we could communicate with you in a better way. I tried, and it didn't go so well sometimes. Because I'm a bit me, aren't I? <laughs> Don't leave now, you buggers! <laughs> Sorry about swearing, but you know what I mean? I, I'm a bit me, aren't I? Do you know what I'm saying? So, please, please. We have a wonderful shared interest which is a wonderful institution for our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren to love and cherish. And don't ever forget that. I think we're in safe hands. I really do. I think we're in a much better position. The ones that you mentioned earlier on, they might have to go. We might have to quids in to try and run it a little bit better again. But I don't think we would let someone go for a bad price. I don't think we would let someone go who didn't want to go. And, you know, I had Cherry, didn't I? I had to move him mm. out because he was transfixed by the money in China. And I couldn't, couldn't change it. He was 28, you know? So what we need is some young ones coming through and believe it, you know? And, and you are absolutely, totally vital, vital to our future. So when I say we... <laughs> we are one right we are one we give it that we know what we are we don't have to speak because we know the rangers are us right and I've always been there and sometimes I've had to put a different cloak on because I get sacked <laughs> right but to play for you was an honour to manage you twice was more than an honour was more than I ever dreamed I would do. And all I want to say, we all need to have a break, but thank you for your interest in how I've been and thank you for your shared loyalty to a wonderful, wonderful football club and an institution in a wonderful part of London. Thank you. You are... Yeah. Yeah.